0: Okay. So what we're going to do is like this. we're going to going to briefly summarize what we said yesterday, and then we're going to read this parenthetical statement at the end and try to understand it, and then I will attempt to um, effortlessly transition into talking about you. <laughs> like. Does that sound reasonable? Yes Okay. So yesterday we we said that, that we explained that, that the second idea of why the complete tzaddik, the tzaddik gomer, is called a ben aliyah, someone who ascends upward, is because their service services for Hashem's sake. And we started speaking about what does what Hashem need, so to speak. What's, 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 in what way is Hashem um, in need of redemption, as the Zohar seems to imply. And the idea is that there is this... Disconnect between two facets of Hashem's revela- revelation, known in the Talmud as Hakadish Baruch, Hu, the Holy One Blessed He, and Shechina, His presence. And in the terms of the spheres, this is the difference between the upper spheres, which are about revealing the holiness of Hashem, versus Malchus, which is um, revealing Hashem's ability to create and run the world. And there's a tension between these things because just like in a person, when you are trying to speak, you focus has well to be on whether the other person understands you, and in your own feeling, the focus is on, the focus is on how you experience it, things. And this tension can sometimes pull um, the person into two very different directions. In an analogous way, malchus and the other spherus run in opposite directions. That general idea is that malchus tends to go down, and the other spheres tend to go up, up, alluding to the idea that it is more about revealing Hashem's transcendence and down means more about revealing Hashem's capacity to run, create, and govern the world. And so that disconnect is something that conceals the true unity of Hashem. The true unity of Hashem is only revealed when the spheres are brought into alignment with each other. This is known as the unity of the Holy One blessed be he and his and that is what the tzadig is trying to achieve so they're not trying to achieve personal closeness with Hashem they're trying to unite the spheres to reveal Hashem's oneness which is the ultimate purpose of creation okay good Ish Ish I, I like that answer
1: yesterday's class like towards the end not understanding it fully like the what exactly is the disconnect between why is it so Maybe I just don't understand it
0: enough. Well, for that, I think it's easier to understand it if you think about it in terms of the the analogy. Think about the difficulty we're having right now. I'm trying to explain something to you and you're not understanding, Mm -hmm. right? So, and I want to teach something. Right. So there's a problem, right? Is my explaining to you means i have to set aside what i want to focus on now and i have to explain something to you
1: right?
0: <laughs> and what about the fact that it's taking up the time and i want to get to other stuff
1: is this still the analogy this is still the analogy because no, okay. i can roll with that
2: <laughs> no but you,
0: you make sense you're, you're seeing like, like like i wanted i have prepared to speak about something else and i wanted and there was only so much time in the class I wanted to, well, one
1: thing's well. more you focus one thing's more me focus
0: that's right that's okay. the tension that's it that's it yeah. Now, you could flesh that and get into a lot of specifics, but because that the topic of this, of this section of time is not to explain that. It's just making reference to this phenomenon. That okay. there's this tension, and that Tzadik is trying to bring these two things in alignment. Okay, then one more. Yeah.
1: Is, it, is part of that, like, Malchus, is it lowers itself to connect with us, mm-hmm. and that's in conflict with the
0: greatness and awesomeness of the other two? Exactly. Okay. Good? Good. Excellent. We've, we've united Malchus... And the upper spheres. Just in one moment. In one moment. Okay. Now, before we go forward, I need to give some background. And I'm going to ask that we try to deal with this um, in a mature way. And what I mean to say is this. I know it's very tempting when an analogy has an emotionally charged component to get stuck in talking about the analogy, but let's keep in mind the analogy is just that it is an analogy. It's not the actual topic. Okay? Mm-hmm. The relationship between the upper spherus and the and Malchus classically is understood as analogous to the relationship between a man and a woman. Where the upper spherus are men and Malchus is a woman. Okay. And therefore, the idea of uniting Hashem and the Shechina would be like the unity of a husband and a wife. It's like a marriage. Okay? So <sighs> It's easier to understand um, the dynamics of what's going on if you personify these two elements as if they have like, their own kind of personalities. In other words, instead of treating um, Malchus and the other Spheros as different aspects of Hashem's revelation. It's actually easier to understand what's going on if you kind of treat them as if they're two different people, with two different um, perspectives, ways of being. Um, okay. Now, in truth, that creates a problem because it makes it sound like there's a lot more. There are a lot more divisive. There's a lot more separation. Than there really is. Okay. So it really depends on what you're trying to understand. If you're trying to understand how all the spheres really are part of one manifestation of God, it's better to try and see them as analogous to different faculties of one person. But if you want to understand the idea of the disconnect and reunification of the spheres, it's easier to talk about them as if they are different personas. And if you read in standard Kabbalistic texts like the Zohar or other places, it really is all described as if they're different people. So... um, the Shekhinah is known as the wife and the bride, and Hashem is known as the groom, and all these types of things, right? Now, w- what we're going to be reading takes that, like, that analogy is kind of like a base, and uses that to explain how the two different things that we've said about the complete tzaddik are actually connected with each other. In other words, the fact that the tzaddik has transformed his animal soul, and the fact that the Tzaddik's entire service of Hashem is for the unifying Hashem and the Shekhinah are not just two things which happen to be the case, but are actually intrinsically linked to each other. Um, but to put it in other words, that the two different interpretations we said for B'nai Aliyah, for people who are ascending, one is that the animal soul has been ascended ascend to holiness, and the other is that the service is for on high, the service is for God. These two things are actually intrinsically linked to each other. And in order to understand how they're linked, you need to understand that the way the the shchina unites with the upper spheres parallels a male-female dynamic. Okay? So that's, so I want to, even though we can talk about male-female dynamics in Judaism as a topic in its own right, we have and we can do it. Just later, for today, we're just using it just as an analogy to understand something mystical. It is not going to be like the topic in its own right. Good? All right. All right, let's read. And both interpretations are complementary. For through acts of refinement of the good out of the Noga, Noga is the name for Klippa that can be elevated, one elevates the feminine waters, causing supernal unions to bring down the masculine waters. There's a nice lot of mystical terms all in quotes, right? There's feminine waters and supernal unions and masculine waters. and Nobody knows what any of this stuff is which are the flow of divine kindness contained in each of the 248 positive mitzvahs, all of which are in the nature of kindness and, quote, masculine waters. That is to say, the flow of His holiness, blessed divinity from the above downward to be clothed in those who live in the lower world as explained elsewhere. So we have here an idea called feminine waters, supernal unions, masculine waters, something has to do with mitzvahs. Um, I'm going to do my best to explain. Um, now, I'm going to start off by, by a different idea, and then we're going to get to the, 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 the analogy of the, the male and the female. One of the analogies that's used for godly revelation is light. I'm sure you've heard this idea before. Yes, the godly revelation is sometimes called like light. That analogy is useful for a particular thing, for many things, for one particular thing, but it is also misleading for the same reason, and that is as follows. Light has an interesting quality that light being present does not depend on the place where it is. In other words, um, the sun is shining, it doesn't matter to the light whether the sun is shining on the ocean or on the forest or in a city. The shining of light the presence of the light in that place is independent of the size or character of the of the, of the place another okay. you, know, you can take a, a small object and put it into a big room but you can't take a very big object and put a very small container right the size of the container affects what you can put into it okay. um, that's not true with light you can put more light you get the, the a large, even a very bright light shines through a tiny hole into a small room and the light enters the room. The light doesn't care if um, the things in the room are beautiful or they're ugly. It illuminates them just the same. So there's a kind of, of um, a, a sense of this being kind of a one-way thing. The light is present in the room on its own terms. And that's supposed to help be an analogy for understanding that God's being present doesn't really depend on anything other than God. If God wills himself to be present, he is present. If he doesn't will himself to be present, he's not present. He doesn't need anybody else's um willingness or allowance for him to be there. Now, obviously, is light being a physical object? Is that perfectly the true case with light? I mean, you can block out light, right? You can put a wall there and prevent the light from entering. But in as much as there's a direct line of sight between say the sun or a candle and a particular space, the light enters that space and doesn't does not need to accommodate, you know, the character or of what's in that place. Doesn't need doesn't change if it's ugly or beautiful. The light's going to be there independent and indifferent to what it's shining on. Does that make idea mm-hmm. make some intuitive sense? Okay. But now there's also a downside to that. What's the downside? Is the space changed by the presence of the light? Now, I realize that we can see because of light, but that's not what I'm asking. I'm asking is the space change. If I, if I put something in a room, right? The, some of the space is taken up. Right? If you paint a beautiful painting, it's beautiful. If you, if you make a mess, it's, it's, you know, it's disgusting. You bring the light into the room, doesn't change anything in the room. And that's kind of the, the corollary to the fact that the light being there is independent of the room, so the room in a certain sense stays independent From the light So now if we carry that along God can be present anywhere God doesn't need anybody's permission to be present But by the same token What does that mean?
1: We're not necessarily Dependent or change God's
0: being present doesn't affect anything So Can something be unholy and God still be present?
2: Yeah, Yeah
0: And does his presence make it unholy?
2: No
0: Okay. so that is that 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 dynamic that kind of relationship is, is, is that is one of the ideas that is alluded to when we're talking about light
3: the fact that something can be independent of hashem
0: well it's two things that hashem's revelation hashem's presence is independent of other things and therefore if he's revealed it doesn't have an effect on them right?
3: are we saying one one part of it is and one part of it is correct? No, no,
0: both are correct. Both it's just, are correct. Yeah. Hashem, for instance, is Hashem fully revealed in the most unholy things? Yes. But that revelation is 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 like light. And when light enters a room, is the room different in some way because the light is there? Do the ugly things become beautiful? No. No. So if God is revealed, does the unholy thing all of a sudden become holy? No. Now, there's another aspect of light, which is that light illuminates. So if you can't see the light, so if you're in the room and the light is, like, the, you, nothing changes for you. But if you can see the light, what happens? The fact that the room is illuminated allows you to see what's in the room, right? So if something is really, really unholy, God can still be there in a way of light. His being there doesn't, is, not, is not impeded by the unholiness of whatever there is. And his being revealed doesn't take away the unholiness and if you have someone who's sensitive to the godly revelation they will see the unholy thing as really really unholy like just like if you're in a room with something that's very ugly and there's light you can see how ugly it is but if there's no light does not doesn't that's not ugly you just don't see it so what this means is that Hashem's connection to the world is very one-sided. It's very ephemeral. He's present in the world, but the world is not really um, connected to him in any way. And so he can be holy, the world can be unholy. He can be infinite, the world can be finite. There's not a contradiction here. It
3: sounds like he's not either connected to the world, really.
0: In a certain sense, yeah. In a certain sense, this kind of being present is in a weird way, like, you're present, but you're not really present. You're there, but you're not really there. Like the light, the light is, like, the table's in the room, I'm in the room. The light, I mean, it's, in, it's not, not in the room, right? But it's, it's not like a thing in the room, like other stuff. Okay. Now, now, let's think about a... Wait,
3: so the, what's the fly in that?
0: In that analogy, the, the flaw is <clears throat> that the purpose that God has is that there should be a connection between God and the world. That there should be a unity between God and the world. So I'm going to now take that analogy of light and I'm going to take it now to a marriage. Let's imagine you have a marriage. We're going to ignore gender right now. I don't care now, man, woman, who's the man, who's the woman. Just take a marriage. If you have two people, and they relate to each other like that kind of a light way. In other words, each one is there, they're present in the other person's life. But the man is doing his thing, independent of his wife. The wife is doing her thing, independent of the man. The man is not affected by the presence of his wife. The wife is not affected by the presence of her husband. What would you say about that kind of a relationship? There's no relationship? There's no relationship, right? Right. The idea, the, right. So if you take this idea of the, the idea of the Hashem's revelation is like light, which kind of preserves this idea of His transcendence and His 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 greatness that He can be present without without anything else limiting Him. Um, that his presence doesn't have to make this thing change, that uh, that autonomy, that that also comes with a downside, and this is the negative part, is that it means that there's no unity between Hashem and the world, there's no connection between Hashem and the world. Okay. If you what? If you just use that way of thinking that analogizes God the revelation to light, so there's another idea, which is that godly revelation is supposed to be like a marriage. Now, how is a marriage supposed to be? Mm-hmm. They affect each other, right? Now, so the idea being is that there's a real unity when each one is present in such a way that is accommodating or taking into account the other, and each one is being affected and changed and they relate to the other because of the other, right? So the husband and wife are not just living their lives side by side, but what's actually happening is that the husband is different because of his wife, the wife is different because of her husband, and those differences, th- those, those, those changes in them, bring them closer and closer together, weave them into a unified whole, if everything goes smoothly. That's the idea, okay? Now, and so in Kabbalah, we wanna speak about Hashem being revealed into the world, we speak about one level, so to speak, marrying another level. There's one level of revelation that instead of it being just like the light, has kind of this indifference presence, it should become now like wedded, married to the lower level. Now, what that would mean basically is like this. The lower level has to go up to the higher level and the higher level has to come down to the lower level. What do I mean by that? The, the lower level has to engage the level that's higher, and the level that's higher has to engage the level that's lower. And if they do that effectively, what happens? They meet in the middle. They meet in the middle. They merge. Okay. That's the basic idea. Okay. Now.
3: Are we saying that the, the first, like the married couple who is not affected by each other is kind of like the light? Exactly. Of, right. the and that's, that's obviously not a good thing. Right. right. And then we're saying the second one is like what it, this, yeah. this second is what it should look like. What it should look like. Right. What the
0: spirits look like. Right. Okay. okay. So, so how, what is the system? How does the system work? There's something that's called feminine waters and masculine waters. Okay? Now, what are feminine waters and what are masculine waters? So, the way to think about it is like this. Um if you have two people, you also have the influence they exert on each other. Kind of like if you have a magnet, right? There's the actual magnet and there's like the magnetic field. So if you have like a you have a magnet and then you take something else that's magnetic, right, even if it's far away you can feel the effect of the presence of the other magnet, right? Okay. And unlike light, it has an effect, right? That's why I, won't, I, I can I can I can say I have a candle and it has this radiating effect, but that radiating effect doesn't change the other object. Right? I, I hold the candle in one hand and it's exuding this light, and I have an orange in the other hand. The orange is not affected by the presence of the candle's light. But if I have a magnet in one hand and I have something metallic in the other hand, right? That metallic thing, even though it's not in direct physical contact, it feels the magnetic pull, right? So there is this kind of a, this effect. Energy which has an effect from on one person to the other. Okay. So, when we speak about the effect of the female on the male, that's going to be called the feminine water. We speak about the effect of the male on the female, that's going to be called masculine water. Okay? That's the idea. Now,
3: Basically just switching out the word effect for water.
0: Yes. There's a reason for that, but I don't I don't want to write, don't want to go into it. It's not really so relevant right okay. now. Okay. So feminine water always goes in what direction? Up. Up, because we're putting we're putting the male on the top and the woman on the bottom, right? We'll, we'll come back to in a second why that is, right? But the idea is that the water is always going to go in the opposite direction of where they're where they are right so then the male water was going to go from the top down okay now in the easier way to understand this is to just like lean heavily 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 into very patriarchal gender roles because then the analogy works very simply and it's easy to understand and because the class is not actually about the role of women in Judaism it's an analogy I'm just going to say the analogy using very stereotypical gender roles, okay? Okay. Okay. So, um, by way of introduction to that, there are analogies in Kabbalah of things that are outright forbidden according to Torah. For instance, um, we're now describing the, the upper spheros and malchos as like a married couple, right? The upper spheres and machos have the same source, right? What's the analogy for two separate beings that have the same source? What is that? Siblings. Siblings. Are siblings allowed to get married? No. No. Is the Torah pro-incestuous marriages? No. In Kabbalah, is everything incestuous? Apparently. Okay, so we have to be very careful about saying something just because it's an analogy in Kabbalah that it's in any way prescriptive of how the Torah thinks people should actually behave. This is really important. People get messed up because they conflate Cabalistic analogies, with the
3: reality. Yeah. With
0: what, what's in
1: social life? We didn't mention. Well, race.
0: if you have two different things with the same source,
1: where are we getting from that from? I just I just
0: asserted oh, it. People. Well, it, it follows if they're both manifestations of God, right? So if they're both manifestations of God, they're they have the same source. Okay. Right. So they're often these the upper Spheres and Malchus are often called in Kabbalistic language. They're often called the brother and sister. Okay. Okay, and. It's really, really important that there are areas of Torah which are prescriptive, telling us how we should live. The most obvious one is that is halacha. Okay, but you also have non-halachic things. There's stories of the Talmud and, and, and that we're supposed to learn lessons from, right? Okay, Kabbalistic analogies are not prescriptive. They are not meant so you should try to live your life looking like that analogy, right? They are merely meant as something concrete that has a similar dynamic to this other thing, which is literally otherworldly, okay? So given that, um, we're just gonna like go into the very stereotypical patriarchal male-female gender roles, okay? Yes. Where does the man prefer to be? What? The man prefers to be anywhere but his home. Why? Wants to conquer he wants to conquer his home is boring his home there's nothing for him to achieve there's nothing for him to accomplish there's nothing for him to do right The man wants to go out and conquer and you know if he's really good at it he doesn't he, he doesn't just like make money he goes and he like literally makes himself king over like the whole earth. Where does the woman want her husband? Home. home. So do we see attention here? Yes. Okay. Now I'm going to ask you, how would you prefer to do it? Do you want me to do step-by-step, step, each step of the analogy, then what it parallels? Spiritually, or you want me to do the whole analogy first? Okay? Okay. Okay. So now, how does the woman get the man to come home? What? No, she, lures him. she has to lure him home, okay? Now, the thing about this luring him home is that she has to make it attractive for him to be home, right? If she does it in a coercive way, even if he's physically home, he is not emotionally home, right? So she has to make it very appealing for him to be home, right? When she makes it appealing to him to be home, that causes a shift in him, and then he becomes focused on
2: home.
0: being at home, right? Being with her and building a family together. Good. That's it. That's the whole thing. It's, not a, comp- it's a little, not a complicated analogy. Now, this obviously can play out on many levels, right? I'm, you know, you can talk about this in anyway, various but that's the basic analogy.
1: Wait, once she makes coming home appealing to him,
0: then what is that? What happens to him?
1: He shifts
0: from desiring to go out and conquer to to
1: wanting
2: to.
0: That's right, and when he wants to be home, and she wants him, and she is at home, wants him to be home, then they can be together.
2: Technically, she conquered him.
0: Exactly, this is like the subversive feminist trend in capitalistic thought. Yes, no, I'm, I'm not kidding. Like it's it's a big it's a big thing. Right, by the way, keep this in mind because I'm going to transition to your Kislev, right? So, okay, okay. all right, so. If, so now, where do the upper spheros prefer to, quote, be? Upper. Upper. They prefer to ascend, ascending meaning reveal more and more of God's holiness, God's aloofness, God's transcendence, right? Where would Malchus like all of that godly energy to be focused in this, world. In this world, so you see that you see the parallel. The woman would like the husband to be at home, be engaged with the family, and the man went out to go and conquer the world. Okay. So, what does Malchus have to then do? Make it appealing. Make it appealing, and that making it appealing is what we call the feminine waters. Good.
3: wants all of that to be revealed in this world. That's
0: right. Like, but, but like, we...
3: realistically speaking, that that could that work?
0: Yeah, yeah. That's called the coming of Mashiach. Okay.
3: So then,
1: why do we say that God created the world in order to dwell in it, so okay. that we can make a place for God to dwell? In it?
2: That's exactly what this
0: means. Mean.
2: But the, the but scenes we
1: scenes. but we just said, sir, so what? But, we just said that. Like, the, most of the spheres want to remain in the upper world. So then why create a world at all?
0: Because, if they remember, remember, the spheres aren't God.
1: But God
0: okay. also isn't
2: Malthus. That's so. right.
0: But it turns out, strangely speaking, which sphere has more of a sense of what God actually wants?
2: No.
0: That's right. Which one has a better sense of what God is like?
2: Spheres.
0: The upper spheres. In other words, if you're going to take the spheres and, and go back to God, Malchus doesn't, if, Malchus doesn't give you a good sense of what God is like. It has a very good sense of what God's agenda is, what, God's, what God wants. The other spheres, they're not very sensitive to what God wants, but they're very sensitive to what God is. What God is. So interesting. Right. And now if you ask the question, what's the deeper part, what you're like and what you want? What's, what's, what's the truer part of yourself? If you had to... Put those in a hierarchy. Mm-hmm. What? You're
1: like.
0: What you're like? I
1: would to desire your hushes to Well, think
0: think think about it like this: If somebody if somebody um, is going to disregard one and take the other very seriously, so there's somebody's going to two people. One person will say, "I don't really know who you are. I don't know what you're like, but whatever you want, that's what's important to me." And the other person says, "I don't care what you want." I just want to put you on a pedestal and which one which one feels better to be on the receiving end of
1: where what you want is valid.
0: right because where you want gets into the fact that you're not just an object right Mm -hmm. so in a weird kind of way the upper spheres are busy objectifying God Mm. yes so So what ends up happening is the hierarchy gets reversed is that in the spheres the upper spheres are higher because they have a bit clearer sense of what God is like and Malachos doesn't but if you then think about it a little bit deeper, it actually flips around, right? Because Malchus is really devoted to God proper, whereas the other spheros fall into this kind of trap of objectifying God. God is, uh, is holy and transcendent and blah, 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 blah. And Malchus' point is like, that's all well and good, but bring that into what God wants, right? To bring those two things together. See, so you end up having this a lot in Kabbalistic thought, where what appears to be, look one way, if you've Think about it, it's actually the reverse. But anyway, back to this point. So, Malchus wants all of the, you know, whatever word you like to use, all of the intensity and transcendence and holiness of God that is revealed in the upper spheres to actually be vested in what God actually cares about, which is dwelling in the world. But the upper spheres are not really inclined to do that. So what has to happen? Malchus has to make being in this world attractive, alluring, appealing to the upper spheres. And that is called the ascension of the feminine waters. And what does that do to the upper spheres? They come down. Right? It makes it. it makes them, it, 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 it unifies them with the divine intent and now they become focused on this idea of coming down, of engaging. And that's what turns, that's what the, 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 the 248 mitzvahs are really all about, is bringing that energy from the upper spheres into Malchus. But that only happens because?
2: Malchus.
0: Right. And that's the masking waters. Which means, Kabbalistically, and this is important, Kabbalistically, in order for the mitzvah to really draw down the upper spheres, the mitzvahs need to be done in a, in a, in a world that is, a, that is appealing to God. What world is appealing to God? A world, mm-hmm. a world. Sure. Well, wh- what did the what did the tzaddik do to himself, the complete tzaddik? What did he do to his animal soul?
2: Killed
0: it. Well, we actually he said some evil, So it transforms
2: into good.
0: And what does the uh, what? So what is it that makes his personal world, like kind of subjective space that he lives in, appealing to the upper spheres? He hates the
2: evil.
0: The transformation. If we look back in the text we will start with read the paragraph again. And, th- the, and both interpretations are complementary. Through acts of refinement of good out of the Noga, right, what is he doing? He's transformed. The Noga refers to the, the, the part of the Klippa that can be transformed. He's transformed the Klippa, the unholy, into holy. One elevates feminine waters. So what did the Sadi do to make his little personal space appealing to the upper spheros? Did he, like, paint a beautiful painting, did he do a lot of mitzvahs, what is it that makes it appealing? It's the transformation of the klipa into something holy and that then has an effect on the upper spheres that the upper spheres become attracted to then engage and that's called the masculine orders. So it turns out his elevating of his self the transforming himself, and the fact that his service is about uniting the the, the, the holiness of Hashem with the, with the Shekhinah with the Malchus those are actually interconnected ideas. His service is about unifying the spheres but how is he able to unify the spheres? Because he's transformed his own the evil within, the evil within himself. Now what would that mean therefore about the rest of us? <laughs> Seemingly. Seemingly because
3: we can't can
0: we can never transform ourselves,
3: <clears throat>
0: and if we can never transform ourselves, right? Go back to the analogy, right? If if the woman doesn't make being at home in any way attractive to her husband, so. They'll just go off
2: concrete.
0: That's right. So we're doomed, right?
3: We're saying we're doomed. This world is
0: doomed, or we as he, people, no, us individually are doomed.
3: Why is the world not also? What? Why is the world awesome?
0: I don't care about the world. I just talk about us.
2: Well,
3: so we're saying Malthus is trying. What? We're saying Malchus is trying to get the upper spheres down to this world. Right. So, what makes? And then we said what makes. Like, where's the continuation of that? So, what makes this world attractive to Hashem?
0: Well, I mean, the tzaddik does that, right? In his own... Not in the world at large, just in his Wait, family. wait, 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 wait. You see the... Does everyone... I want us to stop with the problem.
1: The,
2: yes.
0: tzaddik, the tzaddik has this whole thing taken care of for himself, right? Right. What about the rest of us? No, we
2: haven't. I tried. know
0: you want to talk about the world. We'll get to the world later. The world is very big. <laughs> Let's just talk about me, you, and the tzaddik. Right? The tzaddik has taken care of and we here have a problem. Right? We're like, the, we're like, you know, the wife whose husband wants to go off conquering the world. And we have no idea how to make home life remotely appealing to him. And then we're sitting here miserable, wondering why we're all lonely. Okay. That's real. Yeah. What's the solution? Yeah. Isn't there...
1: Are we going to talk about the masculine waters?
0: Masculine waters is like the man coming home. But really wanting to come home. The fact that he really wants to come home.
1: Because you said
0: that it's the effect that man Uh, have right. Because the effect, the 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 effect is the sorry. I mean, the, the effect is not just like a passive effect, but an active effect. So the man coming home and like wanting to be home, what does that do for his wife? So that's masculine waters.
1: You said that the lower and higher level has to engage with each other, and meet
0: in the middle, it seems like the higher level came down because of the influence of the lower level. That's right. So, the it, it's not really like meeting in the middle; it's creating a different space. In other words, it's not that the higher level is coming down to the lower level, because that would be like the 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 wife didn't make do anything to make home life appealing to her husband, and that home he never comes to. Like the home that's unappealing to the man is not the home he comes to. What home does he come to? The home that she makes appealing and attractive to him. So she kind of moved the home to a higher level. And then he came down. You see what I'm saying? It transformed.
1: transforms
0: that same word. No, what? Right. And so that's the idea. Right. So, so, so you could think of it as in the middle if you think of it conceptually. It's a, it's a space higher than what was. For on her own and lower than where he would be on his own but it's not actually a third middle space it's the lower space but on a higher level yeah. so again the masculine words
2: is not the coming down
0: but it's, it's right it's the fact that the coming down how, how it right m- you know makes her feel fulfilled and satisfied and, and everything's wonderful right it's that his coming home having that effect on which is why if he comes home without really wanting to be home you don't get the masculine waters right why would he come home then? He he's wouldn't. hungry and there's no food in, 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 the, in the street no but in, in terms of like the, like the nimshaw he's not going to
1: come home if he doesn't feel drawn,
0: right? right right um but I mean there, there's still there's still some godly influence coming to the world but it's not it doesn't the, the 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 thing about the thing about the the, the, the feminine waters and the masculine waters is that they're 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 an in, they're in, like I said they're the influence one has on the other, but it's an influence that comes from a deep place in one and touches a deep place in the other, not just any old influence. So the woman really making her home appealing to her husband, the husband really coming home because he wants to be home. That's the the male female waters. It's not. Just the very fact that you know, one exists and has an effect on the other one. It's like the magnet would, my, would not be a really good analogy because a magnet is just like a passive fact about the magnet. It doesn't really engage the other. One second. And the reason why this creates unity, if you think about it, I guess I spell this out, is because that what ends up happening is each one now, their whole life becomes about yeah. the other. The wife's whole life now becomes about making her home appealing. To her husband. The husband's whole life comes about being home with his wife. And so if if he's all about her and she's all about him, then it's like the snake eating its own tail. You, have you ever seen that picture of a snake eating its own tail? No. Well, just imagine. You have a snake. If it's eating its tail, what happens?
1: He disappears. <laughs> right? Be- become,
0: you take something which was two separate points and then she eventually become?
1: One you can't ever eat his head though.
2: That's true.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Limits of a physical male. (laughs) Yeah, so the, the tzaddik, this is like a great setup for the perfect tzaddik, right? The rest of us, though, have a serious problem. Because, I mean, even the incomplete tzaddik, which is way beyond where any of us are going anytime soon, hasn't transformed his animal soul. We're
2: putting tzaddik and Malthus
0: the tzaddik has unified the Holy One blessed being be in the shekhinah in his own person so he is like sort of
1: the same as Malchus
0: his his transfer yeah He's, he, he, is, he is he is he is Malchus as Malchus really ought to be and, yeah. therefore he is the place where God enters the world and it's all wonderful and that's great but the rest of us
1: well there's, there's levels I'm saying we can like no, it's, it's all or nothing
0: not like the first thing you learned this is all this one is an all or nothing kind of thing <laughs> Wait, This so is but a, then
1: what were you saying about there's still
0: godliness that trickles into the world oh you know as in like like, like you still like have it, food right it's god that enlivens you not the food so the god's power to enliven you comes like you still get f- influenced by god but it's but not it's
1: not the real uppers yeah
0: that's right right, right. It's, it's like, like it's
1: not, as an in, Indian analogy, it's like if the wife doesn't do a very good job, but the husband still
3: appreciates her efforts and decides to still commit to this relationship. It's like no, sort of us.
0: No, it's more like the wife doesn't do a good job, and the man is like, well, you know, he still have a luck obligation, so he sends food home. And like, you know.
3: Okay, but I'm saying there's still some sort of influence
0: there is well. but but the influence is so disconnected from who they are you can't say in any right. way they're unified right no,
1: they're not unified but they're still influenced
0: yeah each yeah, other. yeah for sure and you have right right and because with the, there's no godly influence on the world the world doesn't exist okay now I want to talk about us cuz we're we have a problem if you if things you really it's us no. Not no, no 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 no, no. that's that that's that's no. that's also you know the most evil things in existence also get stuff from god in order right. to exist, right? So, I mean, seemingly we're supposed to get closer to Hashem, we're supposed to have a relationship with sham, we're supposed to, something's supposed to be happening.
2: You're so saying there's nothing in between that and transformation?
0: That's right. Okay. Either you're transforming the ungodly into godly, and then God dwells, and there's a connection, there's a relationship, or it's not happening, and if it's not happening, it's not happening. That's very sad. Yes.
1: But if you're saying that like so you were born, then this Hashem yes, shows us to be this one. So okay. we cannot reach that level by ourselves. Okay. So there's probably a reason. we yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> Doesn't
0: this whole thing to understand the concept? That's a good point. That's a good point. <laughs> right? But that doesn't give us the answer. Okay. But So what I want to do is I want to now make the shift to Yutas Kislev. Because it actually does relate to Yutas Okay. One yeah. of the innovations... Of Chassidus is the focus on a Rebbe. I'm sure you're aware of this. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Now, what is the job of a Rebbe?
1: To lead.
0: What? To lead? No. To Bring
1: us closer to the upper spheres. Jokes. I don't know. No,
0: no. You're you're actually right. To bring us closer. How? How? By being a
1: conduit.
0: The basic idea is like this. The basic idea is like this, okay? I'm gonna go back to the analogy. I'm gonna go back to the analogy. Um, is he
3: like a marriage therapist?
0: No. <laughs> no. Yes. Although I have, ana- I have used that analogy because sometimes you'll see like talking to God and saying, like, you know, God, you gotta be a little more, a little more understanding. Okay. So it, it isn't, but, but it's, a, it's, it's a cute analogy, but no. Um, okay. Think about it like this. The wife, she wants to make the home appealing, right? So she goes to the market, and she buys some chicken. And what does she do to the chicken? She slices it. Does
1: she, she, kill kills, it first? she kills.
0: She oh. kills the chicken. Well, she takes the shochet because whatever. But you know, she kills the chicken. Has the chicken killed, right? Mm-hmm. And then proceeds to do all sorts of things to alter its chemical structure, and then now the home is more appealing, right? Okay. So now. Is it just the woman who made the home appealing to her husband, or it's the woman and the chicken? Doesn't so the chicken playing a role? It's mostly the, the chicken.
2: But <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, the woman makes the chicken.
0: Right, but it's like a—you you need the chicken, right? It's
1: like
0: bait. You need the chicken, right? That's
1: the appealing
0: part. Right, that's the appealing part. But it's only appealing because of the woman. How? What the woman did to the chicken, right? Chicken. <laughs> Shem created chickens, then they laid eggs. It's very clear. The Gemara says really so. True, yeah, right? yeah. The Gemara says.
1: We have solved. We solved that riddle. Yeah,
0: it's in the Gemara. <laughs> What's more interesting is what came first: the horns or the hooves? Cows. What? They have horns and hooves. Right. Which one came first? Well,
1: what? if it was born whole then...
0: It was the horns, by the way. What? The horns. The Gemara says the animals emerged out of the ground. So, if they emerge fully formed, then the horns emerge before the hooks. I'm not kidding you. The Gemara says that quite clearly. So, there you go. Yeah. Is that
2: an
1: expression? Horns
0: or hooves? No, the Gemara asked the question which came first, uh, the horns or hooves. Did,
3: did did it, it didn't was really...
1: It's
0: popular a chicken and the egg? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. The Gemara actually doesn't talk to us. The, 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 the chicken-egg thing is so obvious. <laughs> anyway. Once you know it came fully formed, you know the egg didn't come first. No question. Okay. Um, anyway. The... So so now here's the thing. Um, So the tzaddik, right, they transform themselves, right? So God, you know, comes and dwells with them, right? That's pretty cool. Um, What if a tzaddik makes their life broader so that tzaddik's life incorporates other people, other Jews? Then where does Hashem dwell? That's right. So the idea is that instead of you having your own private Judaism, this is the Bolshev's idea. Instead of you having your own private Judaism, you become
3: collective.
0: You become part of the tzaddik's Judaism.
3: Because the tzaddik is doing what?
0: Because the tzaddik is able to bring God into the world. Oh, so. Right. Uh, because the world is this, is, this is why I didn't want to talk about The world is understood as the space in which you live. So my child has a smaller world than I do. Okay? So if you volu- voluntarily make your whole life just part of the tzaddik's world, then guess where Hashem dwells? In
3: your life.
0: In your life. Because of you or because of the tzaddik? The Very good. Let's go back to the chicken, right? The husband's coming home to the chicken, not just to his wife, right? But, but is it like he's coming home, like, like is he coming home to the chicken or to his wife? No. So this is where we had. No, this because it's because it's not the same as when he goes to a restaurant. That's important, right? This is we have to think about it, right? In fact, the restaurant made him make a better chicken, right? It's not the chicken per se that he's going home to, it's his wife. His wife did what? She made, right? The restaurant made chicken, right? But who did the restaurant make chicken for? They may have made a better chicken, but who do they make the chicken for? Everyone.
3: Their customers, customers. They
0: made the chicken as a way to make money off of people, right? Why did the wife make this chicken? that's family. right out of love for her husband so her husband would come home to her right so his coming home because of that chicken is very different than going to a restaurant because of the chicken right the chicken can't be taken out of the context that his wife made it out of love and so really the chicken just becomes an aspect of him coming home to his wife it's not really about the chicken Does that make sense mm-hmm. so now if every Jew would just I apologize If every Jew would just see themselves as one more chicken in the tzaddik's pot that they're cooking up for Hashem, then Hashem would dwell (laughs) in all of us.
2: What? 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 this? this? What? Um, Well, because you're you're
0: Are you transforming your animal soul? So if you're not so if you're not transforming anything, then who's going to have to do all the transforming? who said you can't do it for someone else?
3: What? That's, that's, that's like... That's not part of the game. Who said? We never.
0: Who said? <laughs> it
1: sounds
0: too easy. Well, <laughs> is it really so easy to like take your whole life and make it subservient and one little detail in someone else's life? Is that such a simple thing to do? Is it so simple to just... In other words... To say that Tzaddik has having this relationship with God and I'm just going to be a part of that. That's so simple. I
1: mean we're writing on the coattails of the Tzaddik.
2: But you're it's not just writing, you have to become part of it. But, 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 but
1: we're never going to ever get to that point. So that how can we actually bring God down more?
0: But then, the, Even so, if so,
1: He's helping us Tzaddik.
0: No, He's not helping you. You, you didn't he's hear helping, the idea. So you, he's not helping you. He's bringing God into his life.
1: Right.
0: If you make the, that your life is no longer your life, your life is just a part of his life. You're just a facet of his existence. You're just a. You're just. You are just a character in the life story of the tzaddik. That's why we do this. Wait, wait, wait. This is this is when the Baal Shemter was a revolutionary. I'm not like like. See, I'm just being honest. Like, the, like, and if you look at some of the early early Hasidic works that talk about the role of a tzaddik. It's very intense, because what's the role of the tzaddik? Sure. Everything is the role. The tzaddik is everything. The Rebbe is everything. And so what's the chassid? No. The chassid is only a part, like, a part of that. Right? In other words, the, 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 idea, the idea is almost like real Judaism is the Judaism of the tzaddik. If I want real Judaism, I have to somehow be co- connected to the tzaddik, be part of his life, be part of his world, be part of his worship of God. And if that's the case, then I will also be able to be part of real Judaism.
3: So, the the like the what we have to do is basically work really hard to become one with the tzaddik, and then he's going to do the transformation. Right. For so, us.
0: like, right. Yeah. So, yeah. But he's not doing it for you. That's the thing. Is even he's not doing it for you. He's that's his life. And so, if you're part of his life, <laughs>
1: for his chickens.
0: So, like, this is why there was this, there's why this. that, that, like, um, the the Magad of Mezrich, the Baal Shem Tov's successor, um, had a select group of 120 disciples. Most people who wanted to be a disciple of the Magad of Mezrich were turned down. A lot of them, they didn't leave Mezrich, they stuck, they stayed and hung around. Why? Because they wanted to be part of this perfect
2: marriage.
0: And so, therefore, there were people, huge, huge Torah scholars... And they weren't allowed in. They weren't allowed to hear the Maggid. out and didn't teach the Maggid. They said, no, nope, you're, not, you're not one of my disciples. And they hung around in Mezruch to be able to chop wood for the Maggid, to cook food. And by the way, in some Hasidic groups, like this is like the whole Hasidus. Like, has anyone ever heard of, we have a book here. Um, it used to be down there, so that moved. House of Rujin. House of who? Ruzhin. So there was a, there was a tzaddik named the Holy Yus- holiest of of and and he was a Hasidic rebbe, and um and he like really leaned into that the Hasidic rebbe is this what a Hasidic rebbe is and so what he literally lived in a palace. So
2: with his
0: yeah, and, and and have you ever have you ever been to a tish?
2: Mm-hmm. No.
0: What? Actually, what is a tish? a tish? Yeah. What what happens at a tish? What? such as? Eating. What?
2: Eating.
0: eating. Who eats? Everybody. Everybody eats in a tish?
2: What type of tish are you talking about?
0: Yeah. You've been to like a... Like,
2: I've been to like, a like. What? A tish.
0: You've been to the... Where the, where the, where the bells Belzer tish, where the, all the people, like, in the bleachers, and they're all eating? Yeah. Bachram, the Bachram and the men aren't all eating. Give a few... Yeah. the in the, 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 the big bell show where they, they have the huge table, and all of the bacharim on the side. They don't have food. They get a little but they give out from the Rebbe's, But the the Rebbe comes out and see, he eats, and everyone gets a little bit of something, hopefully, right? Okay, but like they're not, it's not like everyone's sitting down with a plate of food. Oh, yeah. No, okay, good. Okay, what else happens at a tish? the gunu. <laughs> what else happens? Rebbe okay. Okay. What's the point of the whole event? Um. <laughs> Do you know what the like what what what's the whole point of it? Okay. The point of the whole event is now you're able you like you're able to be with the rebbe while he eats. You're able to be in the rebbe's presence. You're there when the rebbe says something. You maybe even get to share some of the rebbe's food. It's a way of actually having some degree of participation. By the way, we have an example of this in halacha, in Jewish law. Um, when you bring a sacrifice, um, a, a sin offering, w- what achieves the total atonement is when the kohen eats from the food. So, and the, the expression in the Gemara is. Ha kohanim the kohan eats, and the owner, the one who brought the sacrifice, gains atonement. So the idea is that your atonement is actually just part of the kohan's. The kohan is serving Hashem by doing his mitzvah. It's his mitzvah to eat from the sacrifice, it's not your mitzvah. And he does his mitzvah with your sacrifice, and what happens to you? Do you get atonement? Does
1: he need to have the
2: intention for you to get atonement? Or
0: he does need to have the intention When he's slaughtering I don't even know if he, When he's doing the other rituals Of the sacred I don't know about the eating I don't remember That being such a lochah And so Like in Rujin And a lot of these other Like Bells has a similar Type of style nowadays Where it's like Really into like The Rebbe has a huge Base medrash Everyone comes and hangs out By the Rebbe Everybody's you want to see the rebbe. You want to know what's going on with the rebbe. Like all of your life is supposed to center around the rebbe. If the rebbe wants something from you, then it's all for the rebbe. And the idea being is that if your whole life is just all centered around, so that in some sense you become subsumed into his. He becomes the 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 star that you orbit around. Well, then you partake of the unity that he's achieving. And if the, what happens if the tzaddik's private world extends to the whole world? What if the Tzaddik... And the
3: whole world could if they...
0: Right. And so what is the Hasidic understanding of the coming of Mashiach? When everyone becomes
3: a Hasid. Of who? (laughs) Of the Rebbe. Of Mashiach. Like, this is the Hasidic (laughs) idea. So that's like...
0: (laughs) So, what what would be the Hasidic understanding of Mashiach's coming? Is that Hashem dwells in the whole world, right? But how does Hashem dwell in the whole world? Because the whole world becomes... The whole world becomes... As in is,
1: we're also okay. true to the Tzaddik than well, Mashiach. I don't understand how, how the Hasidim connect the idea of the Mashiach with their...
0: Because well, what, what is Mashiach? Mashiach is about that Hashem dwells in the whole world. The whole world is unified with Hashem. How does the unity with Hashem happen? It happens to the Tzaddik. How is anything else unified because they're... Serving to the Tzaddik.
1: But Hasidim only think that only there, there is a Tzaddik. It a complete Tzaddik. no, no. Uh-huh. So then, so everyone has to be only through that one, now. Right?
0: Oh, no, no, I didn't say that. that I didn't say No, I didn't, the, the, I didn't say that. No, was, the Hasidic idea of Mashiach coming is that Mashiach would be a Tzaddik, a Hasidic Rebbe, who.
3: there
0: Not necessarily. Like if, 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 if some Hasidim were, like some people were Hasidim of a Rebbe who was a Kohen, it can't be Mashiach. In other words, I, 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 there's an element here which is like not relevant to to, to the, the to the class, which is wh- which is the tzaddik that the whole world ends up uniting with that gets Mashiach. That's like a side point. I'm just talking as the idea, right? So if you read like in Rambam, Rambam describes Mashiach as a king and a Torah scholar who does a lot of stuff, right? But if you were to look in Kabbalah and you see how Mashiach is described, and then you understand how Chassidus takes that idea. So that Mashiach is this, is, Mashiach is basically the ultimate Hasidic Rebbe. Hey? But why would it be their own
1: Rebbe?
0: What? Why would it be?
1: Their own Rebbe.
0: I didn't say it would be. I didn't say that.
2: Does everyone have to be a
0: Chassid
2: of the same person? Well. Yeah,
0: I and see. The no, 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 no. So let me, let me go back. Let's go backwards. What, the what's the Hasidic understanding of what happened when. The Jews received the Torah, is also the same thing. How did the Torah? How did Hashem give us the Torah? Through
2: Moshe.
0: Through Moshe. But then there's a system, right? Moshe. There's not just Moshe and all the people. Like there's there's also the heads of the tribes, right? And so, there's an idea is that is that Tzaddikin can be united around the greater tzadik and a greater tzadik, and so it all ends up being unified. But the the the, the point that I'm trying to, to Emphasize not the, right. the point that I'm trying to explain here is not which tzaddik. That's that's not the point. Is what is wh- what does it mean that the whole world is the whole world is is a dwelling place for Hashem is an extension of the relationship that a tzaddik has with Hashem. That's the idea. So when a tzaddik's relationship with Hashem ends up encompassing the whole world, then that's Mashiach. Does it mean that there can only be one Tzaddik? doesn't mean there can only be one Tzaddik. it, mean, one tzaddik. it mean that the would have definitely think it's their Rebbe? That's not what I'm talking about at all. Would it be a correct interpretation of thinking that when Moshiach comes,
1: everybody
0: will be a complete Tzaddik? We can, so that's the thing I want to move on to next, okay? okay. So this is... So just a, so the Baal Shemto's revolution in this idea is that everybody else partakes of this unity we just described by being, the, by being part of the tzaddik's life and that's what basically what it meant to be a chassid of somebody Okay, and this by the way, point does this have anything to do with how much Torah that person learns per se how many mitzvahs they do Right how how, how much how, how how whether they have prophecy or like what it really has to do with is their animal soul? Transformed if it is right and therefore, their whole service of Hashem is only for whose sake? Hashem. If such a person, when you become part of that person's life, then the, Hashem's dwelling in that person's life then extends onto you to some or more degree, depending on the degree of attachment. That's the Hashem's model. I, okay, I want to finish okay. the The Alter Rebbe made a tweak. This was controversial in the world of Chassidus. Very controversial. And his tweak was, remember how I started off this thing about light? If light shines in a place, does it really change the place? If the whole way this is working is that you're part of the tzaddik's world and so his, Hashem dwelling with him, kind of shines over you as well, then in some deep sense, nothing changed. changed. And so the tzaddik has to figure out a way to find at least some small way of turning how you can... You can transform your own klipa. Even if it can't be on the level of the tzaddik, you have, to feel, you have to do some of your own transformation. That, In other words, the tzaddik has to instead shine light over everybody. The tzaddik has to be like a soul. What does a soul do to a body? A body is a piece of flesh. Flesh is just dirt. What does the soul do? Does it just shine on it or it actually changes it?
2: Changes
0: it. Changes it, right? The flesh becomes living flesh, right? You feel... It it heals. And so the idea is that the that the, the tzaddik's job is not simply to have this connection to Hashem and then the other people become part of the life of the tzaddik, but then the tzaddik has to do something to these people so that their lives on their own terms become like small little miniature versions of the tzaddik, even if not in a total sense.
3: He's saying you can't get to that... A regular person can't get to that unity without some sort of transformation in themselves? Right. But I thought we said there's, it's all
0: or nothing. It is all or nothing. And so the rest of this book is about explaining how even if you don't become a tzaddik, there is still a part of you which it actually will... You might not be able to transform your whole being, but there are small parts of yourself that really, truly...
1: Will be transformed. I thought we said that's not
0: well, because the thing that you're transforming is not your animal soul.
1: Yeah.
0: Your animal soul at its core is it not going to be transformed. You but there still- are parts of yourself that can be transformed. You can you still bring divine presence into it? No no, that, 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 no, no. But you can transform, there are two other things that you can transform. You can transform them totally. One thing you can transform is your behavior. In other words, there's the animal soul in terms of its desires and experiences, but there's another thing, which is behavior. If all of your behavior is godly, then all that goes into that behavior becomes transformed. That's a theme that's developed later. Um, and also, there is a part of you can transform, which is your intellect, your understanding of the world. If, that's, if you understand the world in a godly way, then, then your rationality is transformed. And so the Alter the, the altar it did, and this was, the, this was the thing, is to say, I'm not going to simply ask of my Hasidim to devote themselves to me, and then my light will radiate over all of them, and that's how they'll, they'll have godliness. What I'm going to do is I'm going to teach them how to emulate me in the small way that they can. Now, that was very controversial. Why is it very controversial? We think like enabling people and giving people power is like a good thing, right? But in the Hasidic world, this was very controversial. It's still very controversial, by the way. Why is it's it very
3: like controversial? You're just you're like play, playing a really dumb game.
0: What? Well, so there were two arguments. One argument is it really true, and I'll to do a lot of work to show that it is really true. It's, it's true. It's just not as. It's just. Only true in that little spot. It's like, you know, my soul really does change the physical world and radically transform it in my body, but it doesn't transform the whole world around me. So that transformation is really true, but in a small place. And the other thing, reason it was controversial, was that if a person is still gripped by ego, then they can turn this entire project into one of, you know, trying to make themselves better than someone else, which is the antithesis of everything Hasidic is about. As if what we're asking of the person who's still gripped by ego is to totally devote themselves to someone higher, well, that kind of is, is an abnegation of the ego, right? But now we're saying, no, you should develop, and you should work, and you should transform yourself. There's a very strong focus on me. And these were two criticisms that many, many of the other Hasidic Rebbe's had against the Alter Rebbe's approach. And Al-Jabba understood his imprisonment and his redemption was really that his approach was on trial in heaven and he was vindicated. That ultimately for Mashiach to come, ultimately for the world to be to be godly, it's not enough that a tzaddik shines a light that radiates throughout the world. It's that the world has to become a bunch of little candles. For each and you can see this, this, you know. If you think about it, like, like, you know, th- this is like the connect, if you think about this idea, and you think about like how the Rebbe set up the whole idea of Shluchim, and Chabad houses, and things like that. What's the, what's the premise? The premise is that instead of everybody having to run to the Rebbe, the Rebbe enabled people to kind of be like a tiny little version of that themselves. But the thing is, in order for it to be true, it can't be exaggerated. This is very important. If the, person is not, it can't, if the person can't accept that their animal soul has not really been transformed, the part that's transformed is truly transformed. The part that isn't transformed hasn't transformed. If you can't accept that, if you, if you engage in like some kind sort of a self-deception, the whole, thing, the whole system doesn't work. What makes it work is that there has to be radical honesty. That my animal soul is not transformed. My animal soul is just as ungodly as it was the day I started serving God. But there is a part of me which really is transformed my actions and my outlook and because those things are truly transformed I am also unifying the Holy One with the Shekhinah and I am also bringing Hashem into the world and so what ends up happening is that Hashem's dwelling in the world is not Hashem's dwelling in the world of the Tzaddik and then we're all just bystanders and vicarious participants but Hashem is dwelling in each person's individual world that's why I do not want to talk about the world as a whole and the point is, Mashiach doesn't come to the 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 tzaddik world. Mashiach has to come to everybody's world. So everybody has to effect this kind of transformation in their life. And then the Alter does do a little another clever thing, which is say, the fact that your animal soul is not transformed, that itself is not necessarily such a bad thing. That itself actually creates a new kind of opportunity to connect to Hashem in a different way. And so an untransformed animal soul can still be a tool in unifying Hashem with the Shechina. Not just it's not just it's not an obstacle as we can find other ways to other places to transform ourselves, there's actually a way in which there's some unique um, way to to make uh, make this world appealing specifically because the animal soul is untransformed. So DalDb was saying it's not there's a tzaddik and everyone should be the devotee of the tzaddik and then vicariously they're connected to ha- Hashem because they're part of the tzaddik's life. It's that they, they are supposed to emulate and model the tzaddik in a way that is authentic and genuine, given that they're not a tzaddik. And in a certain sense, the rest of Tanya, I mean, he goes on to describe a Russia, but then afterwards, the Baini is someone who is not a tzaddik, but is able to bring about this kind of unity without being a tzaddik. To, to kind of extract the... the, the what the Tzaddik achieves in unifying Hashem in this world without having the total transformation of your animal soul. So what's
2: the Chabad um, idea of connecting to the Rebbe? What is that
0: that variability itself comes because of the person's connection to the Rebbe. In other words, it's not that the Rebbe is giving the person a skill or a technique. It's the, the power that the Rebbe has to transform himself, he is sharing that power with the, with the chassid. It's like, if I let you use my car, whose car is it? Yours. Right. Right. So, the, so the power that Patathic has to transform his own animal soul, what is he doing? He's sharing that with other people, and then they're going to use that power to transform some part of their life. Hmm. So there is still the connection, but now it's, it's, it's conceptualized in a very different way.
1: Where is that slide spelled out?
0: As clearly as I just put it, mm-hmm. um, in English, no, in Hebrew. Um, because like there's not, there's not
2: much in Tanya
0: about prayer. Well, that's where you can kind of see it. Is that it's kind of it. If, if you read the Tanya and you read all the other Hasidic works of the same time period, one of the stark differences is there's no tzad, there's like it's very not Tzaddik focused. There's like tzaddik barely makes a mention. Like there's one tiny little thing in the end of chapter two where he speaks about the importance of connecting to a tzaddik. But the rest of the book like, doesn't really talk about it. Um, where is it put nicely and succinctly? Um, the Rebbe has a few sikhahs on it. Um, there's there, 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 the the I think the, the place you can see it the nicest is in the Rebbe's first Sicha after he became Rebbe. He's made a public declaration that um, we should know that this is, everyone needs to know this is Chabad. In Chabad, we do things in a way that's called, You have to do the work yourself. I'm here to enable. I'm not here to do it for you. That was, like, first thing he said. So, I think, um, but...
3: First talking game?
0: Yeah, the first talking game. Um, you have a, a, you know, a lot of letters and talks of the previous rabbi discusses in this time period. He speaks about the idea of what's called panemius That things should be brought into a panemius, and that's basically what penemius means is that. And light is not a penemius thing. Light never penetrates something. No, I'm asking specifically right.
3: about the idea that we're doing this all ourselves, but we still need the connection to the rabbi, and it's only
2: through that connection. So, just like where's
0: that? oh if you read chapter two of time it's in there because it says everything the soul has comes from the soul It's that
3: so I was talking so besides for
0: like there's that there's a few okay. other places there's I, have to, I don't know I'd have to summarizing things when I mean, you pull from a lot of stuff if you want like a direct, I have to think about what would be like
1: because it doesn't really seem like you would need I mean obviously you need the Rebbe's guidance on how to do it or just teaching but it doesn't seem like you would need like a connection to
0: so I'll tell you a crazy story and I'm gonna go into all the details um, but there was a chassid of the Alter Rebbe who um, decided to kind of go off on his own after the Alter Rebbe passed away okay. and the Alter successor the Mithra Rebbe told him um, not to do that he said I've inherited my father so what my father gave I can take back and you, you really shouldn't like Go off on your own. And he still went off on his own. And the Mithrava took it all back. And he... So whatever sense of God he was able to achieve through all of his contemplating and all of his working on himself, disappeared. If you think about the body, as much as the body is changed because of the soul, if the soul leaves, what happens? The body never takes it for itself. And... Um, he was so distraught that he went back to the mitzrayim and he said, I, I, don't, "I, don't want to live anymore. Like, if, if I don't have that sense of God, then I don't want to live anymore." And he died. It's not a sad. It's not a happy story. It's a sad story, but it does illustrate the point.
1: So our ability
3: to transform our behavior and Seiko comes from
0: the top. Right, and th- and that was the thing. That was a big thing. Is that that the, uh, that the, the, the that some of the alt Rebbe's contemporaries, other are saying is not chassidus anymore. If the if the chassid's doing it on his own, how is it chassid-is? And then the Alter was like, no, 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 no. It's still chassidus because it it, it 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 they're using my power, my. Not, I'm not telling them to go off and like become philosophers on their own right, and and, and therefore there are a lot of traditions developed in chabad around this. For instance, that the chassid specifically studies the rebbe's teachings and not other people's teachings and. and it's a, it's, a, it's a very nuanced kind of an approach because it's preserving the tzaddik-centered thing of the Baal Shem Tov while making it something that your person does themselves.
3: So we're saying a human being doesn't have the ability to transform their thought, speech, or action unless to, they're to connected to something
0: godly. We right. To make the transformation from ungodly to godly.
3: Unless yeah. they're connected to the tzaddik.
0: Yeah.
1: So when it talks about Hasidism introduced the idea that that all Jews have the same ability to learn and to connect to Hashem, it's not really true, because they only have the power if they are connected to it.
2: Right, yeah, but
0: then there's another thing. We didn't learn chapter 2 together. In chapter 2 of Tanya, it explains that being connected to Atzal is actually an intrinsic thing, because being connected... So the, the, the idea of connection with tzaddik is rooted in the idea that godly souls are all united with each other inherently, and so, in essence, every Jew is united with every other Jew. The tzaddik soul is just particularly vibrant, and and um, and so what ends up happening is that it's it's not that the connection with tzaddik is something that has to be created. Like one of the other teachings of Rosh is that the connection with tzaddik is something that is exposed and revealed; that it was there all along.
2: So it is really
0: true. It's just more. Com- it's just more complex. In other words, I don't have to create a relationship with my brother. Right. The basis for that relationship is intrinsic. I mean, in my brother's case, he was born into the relationship. Right. I, in my case, I wasn't born into the relationship. Because I'm, I'm older than him. Right. So the idea is that a Jew is not. A Jew has that inherent ability, but that inherent ability is what is m- m- manifest as the relationship of the tzaddik. So, it, it, and you can build this It gets more involved And more involved And more involved right? And and, and I'm oversimplifying Tremendously just As if all the non-Chabad views Were all in agreement With each other About everything It's not And then as you move down In Hasidic history You tend to see Some kind of melding You have non-Chabad groups Taking some of the Chabad approach Like famously Kutsk was very heavily Focused on the importance Of people doing Their own stuff And not just Hanging around the tzaddik All day Kotzk Hasidics are called Known as Kotzk So I mean, so you
3: really don't need to work hard on a relationship with the Rebbe in order to be able to transform?
0: Well, I mean, it depends. If that, if that aspect of your existence is very, very deep, then maybe you do need to work hard on bringing it out.
3: Why? If it's there, it's there.
0: I mean, everybody has an intrinsic connection to their siblings and their parents. Doesn't mean everyone gets along with them. Like, the, 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 the downside of an intrinsic thing... Is that it doesn't necessarily have an effect. Every Jew has If every Jew has it, right, then you have to find the worst sinner and say he also has it. Okay, but it's clearly not having much of an effect on him. Hence him being the worst sinner, right?
3: So then, how does the Rebbe sending shluchim connect to this?
0: No, the idea of the Rebbe sending shluchim. Why the Rebbe called them shluchim is because there's a principle in Judaism called the, that a shliach, an agent, is. Is not doing something for somebody else, but is it effectively that person. Like, I don't recommend doing this, but when you get married, you don't actually need to go to your own wedding, halachically. You can send a shliach to receive the ring for you, and you'll still be married. Even women. What? Even women can do it. Yeah, there's no difference between a men a and women yeah. You can send a woman to be your shliach to receive the ring, and he can send you could send a man or a woman to give the ring, and neither of you have to be at the wedding. Because <laughs> there's a principle that a shliach effectively becomes like the person. And so the idea of making a shliach is like you're not a tzaddik, but I am sending you to be me in that city. I'm not going to go in every town. I'm not waiting for everyone to come here to Brooklyn. I, I'm you know go be me in Wisconsin. Go be God. No, go be the go be the tzaddik. The
1: tzaddik.
0: But you're not the tzaddik. Like that, that's what a shliach is A shleach is someone Who's effectively The person who sent them Not them
3: And then everyone around them Could get the same benefit As if there was a tzaddik in them.
0: Yeah And then the Rebbe said That shluchim have the power To make shluchim
1: So the innovation of chassidism Is trying to make everybody See the authentic way of Judaism And live as a tzaddik Even if they're not tzaddik Uh
0: huh and now there's a question: How much of that should be tzaddik focused, or and or should some of it be focused on the individual? And the, the Alter Rebbe's changes it needs to also focus on the individual. Mostly but the, on the individual. The, the Alter Rebbe actually over his life moved it. It started off a little bit towards the individual, and by the end of his life, it was very end of it on the individual. It was over time he moved it. And the real point where you see the major shift is the writing of Tanya, which he did before he was imprisoned, and then. After he was released from prison, he just threw himself totally into that approach. But it was a, it was a gradual shift. It was not it was not just boom one day he started doing something different.
3: So, be- and then each
0: discussive Chabad Rebbe kind of pushed the envelope on that. Like one of the things I'll just throw this out here. One of the things that the 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 sixth Chabad Rebbe did is he changed the way Chassidus should look at women because in a patriarchal society, how is a woman viewed as an adjunct to her father or to her husband? And therefore, there was not really, the, 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 there was a view, there was a chassidim and their wives and daughters of chassidim. And they're chassidim in as much as their wives and daughters of. And the previous rabbis started to try and make a shift that women should see themselves as chassidim in their own right, not chassidim because of their association with their husbands or fathers. Friedrich. 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 Now, I mean you can find elements of it before, but the previous Rebbe was the one who like really started to make that a public shift. Why? Um, there's a general thing that as the Chabad Rebbeim go from one generation next, they try and push this idea of focusing an individual to to a a kind of a new a new group, a, a, a you know kind of people. Are, so the Alter really focused on kind of the elite Torah scholars, really. He didn't really focus on everybody, and his son kind of focused on um, young married men who were free to sit and learn all day, and the Tzernach really tried to focus on reaching the, the rabbinic class, you know, the local rabbis and everything, and the fourth Chabad Rebbe really focused on um, just business people. The fifth Chabad Rebbe started to focus on Bachrim, you know, young boys. And the previous Rebbe made a shift towards women and irreligious Jews. And what about, them? like, the
1: like most recent
0: Rebbe? Most recent Rebbe is, like, everybody. Mm-hmm. Just everybody. Like, even, even to, in ways which needs to be explained because, I mean, even the idea of non-Jews should be exposed to the truths of Hasidus. Um, like they ever made a very big deal about the fact that Tanya was translated into Braille, that people who had previously been like you know not part of Torah study, that they should have access to this and things like that. So it's like it's like it's like if you think of it more as like a, as like a, a a a developing thing, right? So it starts at kind of the core where it's kind of the easiest, and most obvious way to do it, and then you move out and out and out and out. And out also, and out and out and out. the
2: world has to be a vessel for. You. Like, right. They would have started
0: right. doing the woman thing like, in 1700. Well also there was no t- Yeshivas as we know them didn't or, or relatively new In the times of the al They didn't have yeshivas They didn't have organized places for, for Bachram to learn So that like, like There's this idea Is that, is that the world Because in the understanding saying Chassid is that the world Changes to meet what God wants So as This idea is supposed to spread out The world has to be the kind of world That can you know Societally support that kind of a thing so a world in which, you know, even you know people aren't really see themselves as having having real autonomy until they have their own home. And only men, you can't really take this idea and spread it out to the world. That world isn't the place for that. Even though that's where you're going, that's what you want to achieve. So in the, in the Chabad view, the kind of modernization of society to make it to. to people to see themselves as an individual person in their own right is considered to be a good development because it enables th- this kind of approach to penetrate into society further and further which is also different because other, other groups didn't ha- don't have that view, they have the view that these kind of developments are fundamentally negative because you know, people start thinking for themselves and who knows what could happen
3: so the role of Ashlech is huge basically, he's literally
0: yeah the Rebbe said that a has to realize that everywhere he goes, I'm going there. I'm, uh, he's, you know,
3: he's me.
0: Didn't he or say that about me. every chassid though? The Rebbe wants every chassid to be a shleach. Right. The Rebbe said, I'm not saying everybody needs to like be in the official registry and like them, but in terms of that's the model. Yeah. So all of this becomes part of one whole thing, which is not just that the tzaddik should be shining a light and you become part of the tzaddik's life, but you become... The tzaddik gives you his power and become a little bit like the tzaddik in the way that you actually can. One more yeah.
1: That, so that. A hasidism, what does what the system say about Jews who connect to a different type of tzaddik and do the same process with their? Rank? What's the problem?
0: i'm not sure what the question is like why 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 would that what's the problem with that like
1: like, for example has a very unique way of doing things right and that's not everybody's custom yeah so but if 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 we're saying that that is the authentic judaism then everybody who does something different is not really the authentic judaism so therefore they don't draw down the why well, those let, me, let
0: me ask you a question. If you make Hasidism all about centering your life around the tzaddik, and that's the only mode of Hasidism you have, then you, I would say your question is a good question. But if the whole idea is that the Rebbe is empowering the person to become like them, to, to, become, to become like a tzaddik in the way that they actually can, then diversification is going to be a natural byproduct of that. Like, one of the things that Chabad was actually known for in Europe was that the Hasidim were very different from each other, and that was celebrated rather than rather than like trying to look for homogeneity. It's a little bit different nowadays, and that has to do with some interesting cultural things. But it's but it's it's not like in a principal part of the of the viewpoint. And Alterman himself specifically said that, which then follows from there that like there can be a. A chabad in, infused version of any kind of Judaism, because if you take the principles that are here, and they're using that to develop Judaism, even if it looks different in terms of custom and practice and whatever, like, and, and this is something that that, that the chabad rebbe is heavily encouraged, the rebbe especially encouraged. That not not that everybody should like switch to doing everything chabad, but that chabad should. Can infu- enliven, and infuse. Like it, there's specific discourses that explain customs that are just not Chabad customs, even. Because the idea, the idea being that that yeah, people are different and, and people have different roles and and, and Hashem wants different things from different people, but the notion that we have a godly soul and what that means, like that, that can infuse anything. So it's not. In 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 that sense. In 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 that sense. It's being authentic can only be authentic if it's not like a rigid ideology, but it's, a, it's an overall sense of these fundamental truths. And if it's really so fundamentally true, then it should be able to penetrate a wide variety of different kinds of people.